You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Hey, it's episode 262 of the Take Him With You podcast. I'm Rick, and with me is... Amy. Check it out. By the way, this is March 9th, 2014. In our very own hometown, that guy that sang that song, created that song, lived here in Aberdeen. And our son, our our second oldest, actually lives in the house that he lived in when he was a baby. Yeah. We're talking about um, Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. And you had the privilege. We live fairly close to the artist who did the sculpture that is in our our city museum, mm-hmm. and we've been um, friends with Randy and yeah. her husband for quite. Well, quite I've known her time. since I was sixteen. Okay, she used to live out in Wishka, I think, when you were yeah, little. and she did horse shows when mm-hmm. I did the announcing. Yeah, yeah. So you've known her a long time, and but she just put a brand new. Well, it's not a brand new statue, but a statue she calls Cement Resurrection of Kurt Cobain. <coughs> Got a lot of flack for it back in the day when she originally made it. Everybody mm-hmm. loved it. But well, somebody got okay. a bug in there. You and I had a long discussion about it because Kurt Cobain was a very controversial Hi, person. everybody. Hi. We just got right into it. We got, well, this is just, uh, this is just because you played this song. It made me think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, by the way, was Nirvana. But hey, hey uh, before we get too far into it, we are going to play a cool message today on forgiveness. And you're going to want to hear that. So stick around. Don't go away just because we're bantering. Okay. Okay. Well, we had a discussion about this because Randy, um, her statue was unveiled at the Aberdeen, the Aberdeen Me- History Museum, Museum, Historical Museum, and it we um, our city council made a Kurt Cobain Day. Right. So we have an official Kurt Cobain Day. It was on his birthday, and it's controversial because, on one hand, some people idolize him because he was a good musician. Um, very created famous. a whole new genre of music. Yeah, the grunge movement was kind of centered around his band Nirvana. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side of the coin where people, why are you glorifying a drug addict who killed himself? Okay, so those are two sides of the coin. And 
So, and then some people were picking apart her, her statue. Saying it was odd and weird and ugly. And, and, and what, because people who adored him and worshipped him were saying it it wasn't powerful enough. It wasn't showing his majesty or whatever. And then other people were saying, well, he was a drug addict. He shouldn't even have a statue or whatever. Right, right. But you and I have looked at it. And I actually would like to go see it in person. I just saw pictures of it, but you you saw the little, the small bust of it. I've seen the big one. The too. big one too. Okay. It was in his the the husband's muffler shop for okay. years. Okay. Well, I said, you know what? I think she did a great job because it showed him as a person. A real person. A real person with emotion. There's like a tear coming down, and I think. His sadness kind of lent... comes through his music. It came through his music, his angst, his frustration, his depression. And and then also, you know, he self-medicated to try to cover up his depression and sadness. Happened to pick heroin, which was not a good thing to pick. Yeah, not a good good choice. And he ended up killing himself. Yeah, but, but through it all, he was a human being. Sure. And I think her statue... Well, she and the other thing that she pointed out is it wasn't one of those, you know, when you see a lot of these statues that you see aren't just carved out of, I mean, this this one was made out of cement and carved. Yeah. She chiseled it in the whole schmear. Mm -hmm. It's not a laser, you know, not taken from photos. It's, it's not, not taken from. No. And, you know, that's how they do those fancy now. like sculptures and bronze and everything are not. I mean, like the ones we've seen in Las Vegas, right? The, those are actual, yeah. actual like computerized and mm -hmm. and done in a completely different way. This was just this her artist, and this is where her inter interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. But I was really surprised that all the the media outlets were so negative towards her, and they and they didn't need to be because she's a pretty neat lady and yeah. she's got a lot going. But well, anyway, I'm doing her website for her. Yeah. It's cementresurrection.com, so you have to go uh -huh. check it out. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, well, you know, she's an artist, and an and what when you're an artist, you're expressing yourself. That's right. Through art, and through some kind of media, you're you're showing. I was just a really surprised that everybody was so negative on her. How you feel about things? There wasn't any reason to be negative. It's, no. I mean, whatever. Yeah, everyone likes different. Artwork forms is of artwork. Art. Yeah. yeah. Some people think my stuff sucks, and other people like it. So there you go. A lot of people like. Oh, I thought you were going to say a lot of people think it sucks. No. Yeah. I don't know anyone that thinks it sucks. Uh-huh. No, you sure. have good stuff. You're a good photographer. So I don't know why we got all into that, but other, other well, than the fact that... because you played the song, so I thought you wanted well, to talk yeah. about it. And her granddaughter is doing a thing called Jada's Project, which is really which cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. Why don't you we tell had, about well, we had a, a Project? Well, we had a lady that um, was in an automatic wheelchair, uh -huh. and she was crossing the road by one of our bridges here in town, and mm -hmm. a truck driver in a big semi didn't see her. Yeah, because she was down a lot lower than he right, was. and he killed her. He ran over. He didn't even realize. He it didn't even know he'd like, done it for like a block or two. Yeah, and he anyway, felt horrible. He little Jada, Jada is nine years old, uh -huh. and she, her friend is the one that lost her mom, mm -hmm. and she had an idea. She thought, you know what? Everybody that has a motorized 
wheelchair bike should have one of those flags that stick up. Like they do for bicycles. Right. Yeah. And so she figured out a way to get people to donate and all this jazz. And now she... Yeah, they probably only cost a few dollars. I don't know, but she, she for free, yeah. if you go down to Hub's Muffler Shop in Aberdeen with your motorized wheelchair, uh-huh. he will install... A flag for free on your wheelchair. So, and that was her idea, nine year old. And then her other aspect of the project is she was really sad because she knew um, kids that were starving during the weekend because they didn't get a hot lunch at school because the school Mm -hmm. wasn't going. So, she came up with an idea and she wants to implement this Mm -hmm. is giving out free sack lunches on Friday after school that will hold the kids over. They can have a lunch on Saturday and Sunday in this bag that she wants to give it away for free. A nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to raise money. And so her, her grandma is Randy Hubbard, the lady uh-huh. that did the statue mm-hmm. and has done other statues and things. Anyway, um, they have T-shirts of the of the statue that says Jada's Project and uh, Cement Resurrection on them. And if you donate to the a certain amount to the, the cause of Jada's cause there, uh, you get a sweatshirt or a T-shirt. And a little sculpture. So, kind of cool. Yeah. And, hey, even if you don't want to donate, go to the website Rick's making because... I'm not done with it yet. You're not done with it, but hopefully soon you can go and look at it. Um, one of the coolest things is after 9-11, um, our friend Randy made a um, cool thing of firefighters. Mm-hmm. In of honor of uh, firefighters. A yeah. firefighters. And they drove it clear from Washington State... All the way to New to York. New York. And, and it's um, it's now a national um, public monument. Yeah, it was amazing. She and it's outside. I can't remember. There, I, I put the link on the webpage, but you can go look and see where it's actually displayed as. We, cool. we should actually ask some of our friends um, to go take a picture next to it and show it and, and message us. I'm not quite sure where it's at. I I would have to look up where it's okay. at. But I I've, I've seen where it's at. But I I mean I've never yeah. been there. But yeah, that would be yeah. cool. I'd love to see. See some of our friends next. So to that's kind of we've been having Aberdeen, Washington. I've been have had a very very busy week. All of a sudden, I'm slammed with work, which is great, and uh, that's been excellent. But it's also a little bit stressful. What have you done this week? I worked a lot this last week too. It yeah. was a very busy work week, um, <coughs> and you know, still dealing with lots of stuff. Just being a mom and dealing with all that, and um, dealing with. Um, getting our yard ready for planting in the mm-hmm. spring. I, we drove. This is so funny. <laughs> we, we okay, so this morning I went and did a message at the Baptist Church in Raymond, uh-huh. and you're going to hear that message in a moment. But we took my little pickup, which is it's an 18 year old. I mean, the the pickup itself we've had for 18 years. My wife is well, six. We've had it 16 years. 16. Old, I'm sorry, it's it an 18 year old like pickup. Five year old. No, I think it was. Is like it big, five longer years than old. that? Well, anyway, anyway it's, it's a little Isuzu, it's a little Isuzu pickup that at the time when I got it, it was really cool. It but was cute. being a youth pastor and stuff, the kids kind of trashed, trashed it. it. Anyway, <laughs> now it's the paint's bubbling off and the seals don't work on the windshield, and it's a bit moldy inside. Cause it's but not it only in has seven. It has like seventy-eight thousand miles on it, so it's not really. It's not. It's not. I mean, the engine works fine. I've never yeah. had a problem with it, but. Um, but Raymond, where we go to, where I went out to preach at, is about thirty miles away, and my little truck is just a basic truck. 
without automatic anything. I mean, yeah, if I turn no, the corner, it takes everything to turn the corner. No power steering. You right. get a workout when you drive that thing. So the the only good thing about it is it has a great stereo in it. Because mm-hmm. I bought a big Except fancy we didn't subwoofer. didn't listen to anything because we talked on the way out there. Uh, yeah. That's what happens when you get married. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I remember when I was dating you, I'd listen to music really loud, and now you won't let me. Well, I don't like loud music. Like I would have I, I cranked that when, song. When... um. When Rick was playing the intro music, I took my headphones off. I mean, so I could. You don't have to tell everybody how odd you are. How odd I am! I like to be able to keep rock and roll, rock and roll. I'm so 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 we drove. When I go to rock concerts, I put earplugs in so that I can hear afterwards. Sometimes I do too. Depends. So uh, we drive all the way to Raymond in this little cracker box of my truck. Uh huh. Why? Why? Because my brother offered us some free compost. And some soil so, for our so, garden. Yeah, for my garden. And if so we, we get there. It, if we buy it in our um, town that's about 10 minutes away, it costs about $24 a pickup load. 28 28 something yeah. like that. And so he offered us for some free. free. We just so, had to bring our truck out. So we after church, anyway. after church, it went well. Um, um, Went and got a little bite to eat and then drove out to your the farm where you grew uh-huh. up. And uh, he met us with his big backhoe mm-hmm. and gets this big <laughs> scoop of dirt, pours it in the back of my truck, and my poor little truck almost blew up. It was, it was so, so heavy. So heavy. It and looked like I had one of those, like... Uh, thankfully, my brother had an air compressor at the farm. And, and he, he blew up my tires. Some, tire, some air in our tires. Okay, so all the way 30 miles back to our house, I have to drive like 40 miles an hour. We got up to 50 sometimes, <laughs> if it was and straight. And all, all these cars are trying to pass me, <laughs> we, and I had to pull over like three over times. Three or four times so yeah. the cars could pass. And we're talking about a narrow little road that's not very safe anyway. Well, matter of fact, one part of the road, because we've had so many... So it's been raining so, so hard, slid rains, away. Yeah, and so you had it's to like stop, treacherous. and everyone had to take a turn going through one lane. It's crazy. It's the same. And here I am in a truck that looks like it's going to like, and then I'm thinking to myself, I got to get in this truck and I'm pretty heavy anyway. So if I get in, I'm going to blow this poor truck up. So anyway, it drove really strange. Between the two of us, it was, even with the two of us in the front, it still Still kind of felt like we we were were going to take off. Like, you know, like rocket ship. Or I was thinking, like when you start on a roller coaster ride and, and you're, you're just, going, you're up aiming there. up. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what I it wish felt I would have like. taken a picture of us in the in the car or in the truck because it was hysterical. It was kind of funny. I felt like this. <laughs> anyway, we got home <laughs> and uh, parked it, and then you took some of it out, but uh, it's oh, pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. So we're yeah, filling I the flower only, beds. I only got about a third of it empty. It was funny because when we buy three scoops at the feed store of, of raisins, of com- there's three scoops of raisins no, in every of box. Compost, sawdust, whatever. Mm. They they're using this little bobcat, this little tiny rig, and little tiny scoops. My brother did one scoop, and it probably weighed as much as like six, five scoops. or six scoops of yeah. the other one. Yeah. So it was it was way down. But thank you, David, well. for the dirt. Yes, and, that uh, was really nice. I'm not sure I'm going to do that again though. Well, a little nerve wracking. I wonder how much again. gas I wasted on the way here because it didn't go. It was hard to get that truck to yeah. work. I think if we did it again, we should only get half a scoop. <laughs> just a, just a light scoop there, brother. Light no, yeah, not as many raisins in our brand. Yeah. Yeah. But so was, that was our adventure this afternoon, and then yeah. 
And then I've uh, I started some work, and then we had a, a guest drop by and worked on their computer. And now we're here late at night again on daylight savings time. Yeah, recording we still our podcast. Have to fix one of the clocks, the one in the mm-hmm. living room. Yeah, the picture clock. But I'm kind of tired. And you still have a lot of work to do tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tomorrow I get to move more dirt and clean my house. And I get to call the dentist. I'm taking a day off. Well, I have the day off tomorrow, which is very unusual. I haven't had a Monday off in a long, long time. Well, you deserve a day off. You can Good. enjoy it. So and I can actually do stuff at my house. Yeah, but everybody a pray, busy weekend. pray for my mouth because I don't like this kind of stuff. I had to go get a tooth pulled. Yeah, ouch. Yeah, it doesn't feel very good. Mm-hmm. But hey, one step closer to a mouthful of teeth. Yeah. Some of them might not, you know, be no- your normal teeth, but that's okay. <laughs> my abnormal teeth. <laughs> I'm getting my werewolf teeth later. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just that's pray for okay. me. I don't like going to the. I mean, my dentist is very kind and everything, but it. I. It, you know, I. I really don't understand why we have to pay money to be tortured. That's what I want. And he doesn't torture me. I'm just saying, who wants to go have be worked on and then have to pay for it? Yeah. You know, rip something yeah. out of my head and I'll pay you for it. At least he lets us make payments. He's nice that way. Yes, he is nice that so way. That's, that's very good. kind. So also had a big film. Spread uh, out the pain. That had a big uh, <laughs> film shoot on Saturday. You came and helped me and yes. got to to record little kindergartners you playing know basketball. What? I think at the end of the day, my face hurt from smiling so much. Yeah, they were pretty fun. The kids were just so cute. Yes, they were. They cute. were just adorable. Yeah. I, and you know, it was funny because it reminded me of when our oldest was playing t-ball and yeah. and he ran the wrong way around the bases. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I don't know how many times the coaches were going, "No, don't go that way. Come back this I way." Know, or, yeah. the, the On the basketball were, thing, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. kids were running the wrong way down there. And I would be right there with them. I'm going, "Man, these these six six-year-olds play Basketball I couldn't believe it. I can. They, they were and amazing. They were making full-size baskets. I know. At, I know. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like five or six. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But it was fun. But yeah, they were they were cute. Some of the kids were having a little bit difficulty sharing the ball. Yeah. Sometimes they would let another little kid touch it, and then they take it back. Take it back. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so funny. <laughs> it it's, it's funny watching all the different personalities, and the timid yeah, ones and, and the aggressive ones. Teaching them the fundamentals of basketball and teamwork. Yeah. And it was really fun, actually. Yeah. And were, the coaches are real patient. Yeah, but they were trying to say, I remember when the coach was going, now you guys did really good, but let's keep on working on sharing. Yeah. <laughs> some of the kids just didn't want to share. They just wanted to be a solo team. But a team You know, it's a lot like not. professional basketball. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was hilarious. It and was very fun. And it was neat seeing some of the kids that had been in our youth group have kids there. Um, no, that's not neat. That's that's scary. I mean, but it's, oh, I mean, yeah, but it showed they were being good parents that were being involved in their kids' lives, and yeah, and you know that was cool. It was really cool. All right, well, okay, so that's what happened during our week. Now, why don't you set us up for the message today? Well, this is kind of interesting because you were going to share a different message. Yes, and I was. We were sitting talking at the dining room table yesterday. I can't remember what you were working on, but 
you're like, I've got to get my message done for tomorrow. And I just don't feel like, like it's the right thing. And I don't know if, if it was at the table or if it was in the car or something. We were, we were talking somewhere. We do that a lot. And yeah. We talk a lot. Once in you a You should while. be happy that I talk. Yeah. Some husbands don't talk. I know. That's why you should be happy that I talk. Okay. You, you do talk. So <laughs> you were sharing about how mm. you just kind of came to the realization that, that when s- something happened and you forgave someone, and, and you're going to share this in your message, so I don't want to give it away, that... This, it was like something broke and you're broke free in your business and, and you just start getting more work. And I said, you know what? You need you should share about forgiveness. And of course, I had a couple of scriptures that came to my mind that you didn't use at all. But you used a really good passage from the New Testament, which is probably fitting since we're coming up to Easter. Matthew and, 18. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of transitioning towards Easter and you know, Christ dying on the cross and rising from the dead. So, um, you know, it was it was a fitting passage, even though it wasn't the ones I suggested, which, you know. Uh, but you did a great job. And I, after church, we had per- people, many people come uh, up. Yeah, you know, I was surprised because I was thinking, shared. are they getting this? I, I don't know. But, but I had oh, a ton of people. A ton of people, and they all could relate. Um, some of them were going to go home and do that right away, and others yeah, were... Yeah, someone said, you know, I, I have somebody that, yeah, I I just need to go home, and I, I just need to just let that person off the hook and and forgive them, and I need to go yeah, home. Yeah, I was really surprised. Per, one guy know, one guy came to me and said, you know, at one point I thought maybe you had just made that sermon for me. Yeah. I didn't even really know what he'd been going through, so I had no yeah. idea. But oh, yeah. He thought that I'd made it just for him. I said, well, no. No. Yeah, one after one, different people came. One after and, one. Well, one by one. One by one, yeah. One um, after one. Well, I mean, one came up and then another one came up. Well, there was and, one after one. Yeah. I'm just joking. There was anyway, one. and you know, it just seems like everybody can relate to this because the longer we are alive, the more we have opportunity to be hurt. And especially if we're soft-hearted and mm-hmm. allow people in our lives, which sometimes we're tempted to isolate ourselves mm-hmm. and to not be open and caring and, mm-hmm. and let people in. The fact kind is, of a protection, it's, very, it's hard to be hurt if you aren't vulnerable and open and trusting because... And yet uh, we miss But out. we miss out if we aren't. We miss so. out on so much of life yeah. if we just close everyone off. And yeah. So it's it's hard because we experience pain when we are close like Spock. to people. Like Spock on Star Trek. Pain. Yeah. I mean, we can't really live our lives like Vulcans because no. that's just not really any way to live life. Um, You can't. It's just not good. But plus your ears are pointy. Yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with no, being that's very logical. non-emotional. But but anyway, emotions are can be a good thing. <coughs> and um, the sad part about it is that when we open ourselves to love people, we also open up ourselves to being hurt. And, and so that we'll talk happens. About but you'll talk about that. And, and I do some demonstrations. Minutes. You'll have to just listen to what I do. Yeah. 
I think you aren't going to be able to see it. it. Yeah. Other than I, well, they'll see or they'll hear. Mm -hmm. And I just hope it recorded correctly because I left the recorder sitting on the upper part when I was down below talking. I did use a mic, so we'll see. Oh, okay. We'll see if you can hear it or not. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So enjoy this message. We'll be back as soon as it's done. And then uh, we will uh, say goodbye. So stick around. How's everybody doing today? Good. Well, this morning I'm going to be talking to you. My, my sermon is called Off the Hook. And uh, you'll understand what that means. If you want to grab your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18 today. Familiar uh, section of scripture. I'm hoping to bring it into a more practical application today. How many are into practical application? I mean, what good is it if we read stories that inspire us and, and give us a, an objective to achieve in our life and then don't do anything with it? It's not that good. So I like to, do, I like to look at Scripture and then uh, take it and apply it to our lives so that something happens with what we've learned and it changes us. That's the, that's the beauty of... The Bible. The Bible's different than other books. Have you noticed that? I mean, you can go buy a book, and it's printed, and it's co- you know, got a cover, and you can read through it. And it can motivate you a little bit, or it can, can give you some knowledge. But there's something about the Bible that is different than any other book that we've ever read before, at least for me. When I read the Bible, activated with faith in believing in God, it, it comes alive and it begins to show me things about myself that I never knew. It's like a mirror. How many like it when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror? Yeah, right. But you know why we don't like it? It's because it shows the real us. With all our warts and everything else. Drool and stuff, you know. When you open up the Bible, did you know the Bible is just like a mirror? And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't want to read it. Because it reveals who we are. And sometimes that can be scary. That's why we put on makeup and brush our teeth and comb our hair. So we look a little better. But the, the, the scripture says that when you gaze in to the perfect law, which is the word of God, it gives you freedom or liberty. So instead of looking at it as, oh, I don't want to see my ugly self, it's better to look into the mirror of the Bible because then the mirror actually has something to say to us to help us live our lives and not be so ugly. And the Bible is a really, really cool book. That's, that doesn't have anything to do with the sermon today. That was free. You got that one right there. Okay, we're in uh, Matthew chapter 18. Today we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness and unforgiveness. So let's start in um, 18, uh, verse 21. It says this. I'm in the Living Bible, by the way. It says, Then Peter came to him and asked, this is by the way, he's talking to Jesus, Sir, how often should I forgive a brother who sins against me? Seven times? 
No, Jesus replied. Seventy times seven. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him $10 million. Literally 10,000 talents. Approximately, well, I don't know why it says approximately 3 million when he said 10 million, but anyway. It says he couldn't pay, so the king ordered him sold for the debt. Also his wife and children and everything he had. Now, uh, culturally, if you look at what's going on here, if people couldn't pay their debts, their families were sold into slavery to pay for the debt. It wasn't a good situation. You, I mean, can you imagine Visa doing that today? Sorry, I can't pay my credit card bill. Oh, okay, I guess we'll sell you and your kids. Whoa. But that's what it was like. And the king didn't, you know, apparently he had some money involved in it. And Anyway. So the man fell down. This guy's all upset. Fell down before the king, his face in the dust. And he said, oh, sir, be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then the king was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. Now notice there, it doesn't say that he released him and said, all right, pay me back when you can. He went a step further and he said, I'll just forgive you the whole thing. Wow, I don't know about you, but I would be pretty excited about that. Well, now we find something out about this gentleman that was in debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a man who owed him 2,000, approximately 700 pounds, and grabbed him by the throat and demanded Instant payment. That man fell down before him and begged him to give him a little time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pled. Sound familiar? Didn't we just have this happen? But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and jailed until the debt would be paid in full. Then... The man's friends went to the king and told him what had happened. And the king called before him the man he had forgiven and said, You evil-hearted wretch. Here, I forgave you all that tremendous debt. Just because you asked me, shouldn't you have had mercy on others just as I had mercy on you? Then... The angry king sent the man to the torture chamber until he had paid every last penny due. So shall my heavenly father do to you if you refuse to truly forgive your brothers. All right. That's an interesting section of scripture there. And it's obviously a parable because Jesus was, he did this a lot. He used stories to convey a message or to get things across. If you think about it, they didn't have movie theaters then. So you couldn't go to the movie and get the, the moral tale out of the movie or, or this or that. They didn't have things like that. But Jesus understood the power of storytelling. And so he presents this thing and it's all about 
forgiveness. You notice Jesus goes into this story when, when Peter said to him, look at how often am I supposed to forgive these jerks that are, that are uh, really making it miserable for me? Seven times? Should I do it like seven times? And I think, I don't know if you get into it. I'm thinking to myself, why would he, seven times? Well, seven, why do you pick that out? But anyway, and Jesus says, no. I imagine everybody went, oh, far out. We don't have to forgive anybody. And he goes, I tell you, <laughs> seven, 70 times seven. What is that, mathematicians? 490 times. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never had to forgive someone 490 times in one day. Have you? I haven't had to forgive somebody 490 times in 28 years. Because you're the only one that I know that I've known for 28 years I live with. But you know what I mean? My wife. She's probably had to forgive me 490 times, but that's right. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know about you. Why is he doing that? I think he was saying to him, look it, forgiveness needs to be a lifestyle. It's so much, you, you need to live this way. And then he tells a story to emphasize that point. Now, if we're grateful People that have been forgiven much, forgive much. Have you noticed that? Some of the most compassionate people, some of the most loving people that we know of in our lives, if you think about who those people are, they understand that they've been forgiven. I'll never forget, I remember an older gentleman coming to me one time. He didn't like my ways because I was always, I'm a little bit crazy, I'm a little bit off you know, kilter here and there because I, I do things differently and I like to be loud and I use crazy music. And we were doing youth ministry and stuff. And I remember this older gentleman coming to me and saying, I really don't like how you do things. I'm like, oh, great. He goes, but one thing I have to say is you really know that God saved your life and you're thankful and you're grateful. And, and then I, I remember thinking, well, that was kind of an odd thing. And then I had a friend say to me, you know, uh, if you live your life for God and you do the things that God has asked you to do, well, love and compassion silences the mouth of the critics. Even if they don't like the way you do things, people can like the character that's happened as a result of serving God. But one thing is for sure. How many of us know that when you go through life, you're going to get hurt? You are. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, physically, I've stubbed my toe several times, stepped on nails, I've hit myself with a hammer, I've, there are lots of things, I've hurt myself that way, but you know, I'm not talking about that kind of hurt, I'm talking about a hurt where somebody does wrong to you. Sometimes intentionally, other times unintentionally. But we all are going to be hurt sometime in our life. The older we get, the more we've been hurt. So the more opportunities we get to practice what Jesus said, and that is to forgive our brothers. Nobody is immune to hurt. Every single one of us experiences it. But here's the deal. How we handle hurt really determines the quality of our life. I want you to think about that for a moment. Because sometimes we can be pretty miserable and not know why. And I always tell people, I think it's really important to look, do you have any unforgiveness in your life? Because if you have unforgiveness in your life, that is going to deter going forward with your life. 
You will not have the quality of life you, you want to have if you continue on in unforgiveness. And did you know, nobody can forgive somebody else for you. You know, there's whole religions that, that say that they believe in Jesus that wrap it around somebody else doing the forgiving for them. And that's not how it works. My Bible, the one you just read with me, says that we're supposed to forgive our brother from our heart. It's on us. And did you know that there are many people that have hurt us that have long forgotten that they have? They're off living their life. And we still are dealing with the hurt because we haven't forgiven them. When we have unforgiveness or we hold unforgiveness in our heart, what we're saying is we don't trust God. Uh, let me demonstrate that. How many of us know today, by faith, in our heart, that when we die, we're going to be with Jesus? All right. You believe? Why do you believe that? Because the Bible says that you've been taught that, right? But really the only assurance you have is your faith that that's really true, right? You, you have faith that that's true. Well, I know some people that say, well, I can say the words, I forgive you, but I, I don't feel it. Well, how many of you felt like you were saved this morning when you woke up? It's not about feeling. It's about faith. And sometimes we have to, even though it's difficult, we have to say, I forgive that person because they did this to me. It made me feel this way. doesn't mean you have to trust them. doesn't mean you have to make them your best friend. But the Bible is very clear that we're supposed to forgive them. And why do we do that? And that's thus the title of the sermon today, Off the Hook. For this, I'm going to need a volunteer. Actually, a few volunteers. We're going to start, uh, let me see, somebody that, uh, how about a nice strong man that, that uh, can handle things? Uh, you, sir, right there. Come on. Here, would you stand right here for me? All right. Now, tell everybody who you are. This is working. You work. This is Larry. Hi, Larry. Hi. Hi. All right. Larry has just been hurt. Larry. By his son. Larry's been hurt by. And your first name? Corgan. Okay. You heard him right there. What did you do? You talked back to him. You called him a bad name. And he's upset. Okay. Now, here's what happens in our life when somebody hurts us. We can either let it go, and I drop things on the ground, or we can do things like putting them on a hook in our life. So I want you to come over here. And just get right next to Dad. Okay. Now, let's just put this, this arm out here like this. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna hook you up. See if I can do this. Right, that's not a very good knot tire, but all right. So man, you really upset him. He's not very happy. You've never done that before, for real, right? Yeah. Okay. Now look at this. Now, don't get too crazy. But look at this. Now go ahead and go take a walk down the aisle and see what happens. Look at this. 
Now, Larry is, he's able to go pretty good that way, don't you think? He's doing all right? All right, come on back, come on back. But he's got somebody hooked up to him because he hasn't forgiven him. So they're hooked together because Larry hasn't forgiven. The only way to get this off is to forgive his son. All right, other son. You can go around that way. All right. Now, this time, are you, are you, are you good at uh, really holding on tight? Okay, so I want you to get right down on the floor and grab a hold of your, your dad's leg as hard as you can. Excellent. Good. Now, don't let go no matter what he does. Got it? Unless he forgives you. And he's not going to forgive you yet. All right, now go ahead and take a, a walk. Oh, my God. Now, how many know this is a little tougher for him to get down the aisle, isn't it? All right, come on back. Just be careful. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. You're still attached there. All right. Now, let's say, okay, now, when we go through life, we have a few, it's not just one person that upsets us, but now, oh, Larry, come here for a minute. All right, you stay hooked up there. Don't unhook. All right, let's put the arms out here. Larry sang a wrong song at church one morning, and the other Larry went, man, I can't believe he did that. What an awful person. And then um, this Larry here asked for a prayer request, but this Larry didn't hear him, and as a result, didn't pray. And boy, Larry, this Larry is very offended. Just a minute. Okay, so you, you see what's going on here? Oh, well, Larry Square, how's that? Okay, now, Give him some resistance. Don't let him walk. And other Larry, other Larry, stay hooked up to him. Don't let him go too fast. Okay, go ahead, this Larry. Try to get down that aisle. Hold him back, guys. Hold him back. Hold him back. Don't let him go. Now, he's walking like a zombie, isn't he? All right, come on back here. All right, the point is... It is good exercise. All right, the point is, he has not forgiven them, and so they're on his hook. And if you would visualize for just a moment a bunch of hooks all over our body, and, and people that have offended us and hurt us over the years just hooked up to us, it gets difficult to go through life. It's, you're, it's a burden to even walk down the, uh, down the aisle. Now watch what happens when Larry says, I forgive you. Go ahead, say I forgive you. I forgive you. Look at that freedom for this arm. Woohoo! All right, go ahead and forget him. Look at that. And, all right, I guess it was just a misunderstanding. So, that, oh, look at this. And look at that. Okay, now, go ahead and walk down the aisle. And he could run if he wanted to. So, do you understand that we sometimes keep people on our hook? Now, what are we supposed to? Thank you very much. Everybody give Larry a hand. Okay, so what we just saw was forgiveness in action. When we take them off of our hook, now remember, this isn't like mindless, take them off their hook and now let them hurt us again. We take them and we say, God, I put them on your hook. 
We have to trust that God knows best for us. I'm going to put this down here. We have to trust that if we forgive them and give them over to God, he will take care of the justice of the situation. Now, it's a lot easier when people are just offending us by the songs that we didn't sing or the prayers we didn't say. When you read the Bible, literally there were people out for other people's lives. So we're kind of wimpy here in the United States. And when we think about unforgiveness and stuff, it's just like petty things compared to what it could be. But not really. If you think about some of the abuse that has happened in our lives or the people that have really messed us over, it's harder. And I think sometimes there's a degree of unforgiveness that happens in our lives directly correlated to what has been done to us. Can you relate? It's easier to forgive somebody for calling you a name than it is to forgive somebody for stealing the money out of your bank account. Because there's different, various ways that people can hurt us. But the Bible still says that we're supposed to forgive them. When we forgive someone by faith in our heart, we let them off our hook and we put them on God's and we trust that God will take care of justice in the situation because he knows best. God doesn't ask us to do something that we can't do. That would be really weird. Can you imagine having a baby? Well, guys, you can't imagine this, but women, you understand when you have that baby and you hold that baby in your arms and you fall in love with that baby, and then dads, you look at the baby and you go, I love my baby, it's so cute. And you love your baby and everything, and they start to grow up, and boy, they're what? One, two years old, and the car is parked in the wrong place in the driveway. Do you throw the keys at the two-year-old and say, Hey, can you go uh, back up the car and put it over in the other place because we're expecting company. Here you go. Blink. No, you'd be put in jail for child abuse because that child cannot handle it. You're asking them to do something they can't do. What kind of parent would you be? Why would God ask us to do something we couldn't do? He made us, he fashioned us, he knows us. So if he says to us, you need to forgive somebody, he knows that we can. He wouldn't ask us to do it if we couldn't. Unforgiveness has a tendency to really weigh us down. Well, for instance, I brought with me today my visual aid. Do you like it? There's a lot of things you can do with a piece of paper. Man, when I was a kid, I used to have books on how to make paper airplanes. Do you remember that? Those are so cool. Now you can get on the internet and you can make just about any airplane you want to out of... i got to remember how to make one. All right, let me see. Okay, so you fold it in half and... We used to have hours of fun doing contests to see... You know, we'd make a target... Or we'd find a place where we're going to throw them. And then the neighborhood kids would get together. Is it like this? Is it like that? Yeah. Boy, it's been so long. I'm fold, by the way, for those listening on the, on the internet, I'm folding a, a piece of paper into a paper airplane. And look, that didn't work. What did I do wrong? Maybe? Oh, I know what it is. got to go like this again. Okay. 
I'm like, man, it's been so long since I did it. I didn't know how. Okay, now we're going to get somewhere. So with a few easy folds, <laughs> we get, now I, think you, now I think then we can go like this, can't we? Yeah? Oh, man, I am so bad. Here, I thought, I didn't even practice this because I figured, oh, I remember how to do that. I'm in big trouble if I can't do an airplane. Does anybody know how to do this? Are you good at it? Can you, can you help me? Because I'm not going to be able to do my demonstration. See, because I just totally botched that. That is not going to... Uh, it's all right, but here, i got another piece of paper. Would you make me a paper airplane? You're supposed to go, poof, you're a paper airplane. Get it? You can make it over there if you want. All right, he's going to make a, an airplane for us, and I'm going to demonstrate what I'm talking about. Very difficult when you have unforgiveness in your life. Not only are you weighed down like Larry was... Uh, but when you forgive people, then you get free. Um, one of the things that we loved about our paper airplanes is we would design them, and we tried to get them to glide the, the longest, and then whoever got it to go the farthest won the contest, right? You remember that? Yeah? Okay. He's doing, you're doing a great job, but no pressure. Go faster. I'm going to watch him because i got to figure out how to make one of these. It's been so long. When I, when I have grandkids, by the way, my order's in for those. Um, I'm going to be able to make airplanes for him because if you're showing me... Oh, there we go. Now we're getting there. Is this going to fly? Are you feeling the pressure? Yeah, he's feeling the pressure right now. And that's going to fly? Look at that. All right, come here. All right, let's fly it. Go ahead. Well, that's pretty good. That's not horrible. Okay, bring it here. Now we're going to do something else. Does anybody have a, um, I need a couple of quarters and maybe a penny. Give me some, give me some change real quick. What we're going to do now is we're going to put some unforgiveness on our plane. I'll let you help me. Here's a piece of tape. I want you to go grab a coin and tape it. There we go. All right, here we go. Now let's see how good it soars. You ready? Go for it. Well, that was way worse than our maiden voyage, wasn't it? All right, you better give him his money back. Everybody give him a hand. Good job. I can't make a paper airplane. That's obvious. Whoa. Now there's a good one. I'm impressed. Very good. All right. The fact is, when we have unforgiveness in our lives, our lives don't soar like God wants them to. And we are the only ones that have the power to forgive. We can't have, we can't, nobody else can do it for us. It reminds me of, do you remember, I'm watching the clock here. Do you remember when they first came out with the self-serve soda fountains at the fast food places? Always, for, for all, most of my life, I remember having to go to the person, they had to fill it with ice, they had to put the stuff in, and then they give it to you, and you go back. We were in heaven when they came out with the self-serve soda fountains where you could get as much as you wanted, you could mix the flavors, 
Oh my gosh, it was like heaven. Yeah? I remember that. They were so fun because we could actually do it ourselves. But you know that a lot of times people would get their initial drink and they would sit down and eat and it, when it first came out, they would get done, they would drink their soda and then they'd still be thirsty but they wouldn't go back because they weren't, they didn't think that way. And we never thought about getting refills before. We had to go pay for those before. Now, it's free. Free refills. But here's the deal. In order to get your refill, you have to be in the position to put it under the spout and the, the drink to go into the cup. Unforgiveness keeps us from getting in the position to receive what God wants to pour into our lives. It holds us down. The cup doesn't get under the spout. And when we forgive people and we let go, we let God take care of it, it frees us up to get under that fountain and push that button and watch that goodness of flavor fall into the cup. And then we get to partake. Mm, that's pretty good. See, God fills people up who are empty and are trusting that he will take care of them. All right. How many learned a little bit about unforgiveness and how it can hold us back? So here's the key. This is really simple. It doesn't take very long, and I'm going to close with this. There's a very simple formula for forgiving people. Very simple. Now, it's simple to tell you. It's a lot harder to do. And here it is. If you're going to write any notes at all today, here's the notes to write. Ready? This is how it works. In the, I've led hundreds and hundreds of people in this very prayer. And it goes like this. Lord, I... Now, even if, even if you don't feel like it, this is what you do. Lord, I forgive... Blank. Who's, who do you need to forgive? This is a great time to jot down a little list. Or when you get home, or make a mental list. These are the people that I need to forgive. Lord, I forgive so-and-so. Now, you can say that and stop, but it doesn't really help. Here's how it works. Lord, I forgive so-and-so... For, and then say what they did. Do you know that when you speak out what somebody has done to you, it brings the awareness of the feelings to, to the surface, and then you say, and this is what it made me feel like. So you're really, you're in reality, you're acknowledging the fact, somebody hurt me, this is what it made me feel like, but Lord, I give them over to you. Even saying that, doesn't that just bring a rush? I mean, think about it. Lord, I give them over to you. That is so awesome. The power of forgiveness. And I take them off my hook. I ask you to deal with them. And I move on with my life. Bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Did everybody hear that? Because that's really super simple. That's not a really tough one. It's harder to do, but it's, a, it's really easy to remember. Lord, I forgive so-and-so for doing this to me. It made me feel this way. I give them over to you. I take them off my hook, just like Larry did, and I give them over to you. Now you deal with them. Guess what that does? It frees you up. And now you can go on with life 
And, it, and you can even run into that person at the grocery store and your stomach doesn't churn. You can, you, you can actually even bless them sometime. Yeah, weird, huh? Because you've taken them off your... You have to trust that God will take care. He knows what has happened. Trust that. And allow yourself to soar like that airplane without the hindrances, without all the different things that weigh us down. Walk in forgiveness. And now, this is harder for me, too, because, like I say, the, the older I get, the more things I've had happen that are hard to forgive. But it's so important. And I can guarantee you that it works. I had a client... And we're going to pray. I had a client that I did a bunch of work for. He's from Canada. And I did $750 worth of work for him. And I, went, I billed him. And uh, he said, I'll get you the money next week. And so I was waiting for it. And nothing comes. So I emailed him again. He already took the stuff that I had done, a video, and a couple of videos. And he'd used it at a, at a fair that he was at. Anyway, long story short, he didn't pay me. And he didn't pay me. And he didn't pay me. And it went to 60 days, 90 days. Now, $750 to me is a lot of money. Maybe not to everybody, but to me, that's, that's a lot. And I got really upset, and I started to become obsessed with it. I finally turned him into a collections agency who would take half of the amount that they collected and give me the other half. And they went to get on it. And he was so hard to collect from, I never did collect. They called me up and they said, we're going to give up. We can't. They tried for months. And I was all worked up about it. Every time I would think about it, I'd get upset and angry. Then one day, the guy calls me and says, we can't get it. And I made a choice. I said, you know what? I'm just going to forgive him. And I, the guy goes, really? You don't want us to do it? I said, yeah, forget the private investigator. It's 750 bucks. Really, in the long run, it's not that huge. I'm just going to forgive him because I think God has something better for me. And this guy doesn't even know the Lord who I'm talking to. And he's like, well, I'm shaking my head on this one. But if that's what you want to do, Mr. Moyer, you can do that. And I literally did. I hung up the phone and I bowed my head and I said, Lord, I forgive this guy. I'm not happy about it, but I just got to go on. I got other things to do. Do you know, and I'm not kidding you, Amy can attest to this. I, I was struggling. Not a lot of work going on in my business. As soon as I forgave this man, the phone and the and emails started going off. And ever since that day, I am so busy. Here's the reason. That thing was tearing me apart because I didn't forgive. I, wasn't, I was in unforgiveness. It was, it was a, I was obsessing about it. Once I let it go and gave it to God, he was like, Rick, I've got a whole bunch of things for you if you just stop you know, concentrating on this, this stuff here. Just get rid of it. Give it to me. I'll take care of it. And he brought me tons of clients. I'm a living testimony that if you forgive, God takes care of you and he opens doors. So I'm just saying, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word that is so real. And it's practical. God, we don't want to be people that are weighed down, that have others on our hook. We want to be people that would be forgiving people. That we would forgive because, Lord, you have forgiven us. And Lord, we know ourselves. We know what we can be like without you. And we are just grateful that you, forgive, you have forgiven us. And because you've forgiven us, Lord, we choose to forgive others. Help us, Lord, to get under that fountain of blessing that you have for us. And to quit concentrating on the negative things. And think about all that you have and the direction you want us to go. 
Thank you for salvation. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring about us. We let people off our hook right now and we, and we give them over to you. And we give you praise and we thank you for the life that you've given us. Help us to live it for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So there you go. That was the message called what do you remember? Off the hook. Off the hook. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was really beautiful music. I could it probably make me fall asleep cuz it's so tranquil. But what is it called? Um it's Native American music. And it is uh, Feather Stone and Light. Yeah. From what album in case someone's interested? Uh, I don't know. Prophecy uh a heart of Heart of Prophecy, Native American Hearts music. of Space, Native Americans. Hearts of Space, Native American music. Okay. <laughs> you must have bought it for some project or something that you had to do. <laughs> yeah. Might as well get your, your money's worth I'll play Nirvana it. at the end, I promise. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I like it. Uh, you know, you're more Nirvana. I'm more like tranquil music. So you got a little bit of both of us <coughs> on this podcast, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> So there you go. I hope everybody enjoyed that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you. We'd love we to would. get feedback from you. It makes our day whenever we hear from one it of really does. our listeners. So it really please does. get a hold of us. Oh, and when someone asked us, of course. You should listen to our friends podcast too. Go ahead. Yeah. Which, which we friends? have all sorts we of friends. We have all kinds of podcasts. We have our friend friends. Greg does inappropriate conversations. We have our friends, the Vanderloos. Mm-hmm. From they have a really cool new promo I should play. Okay. And then of course our friends Alan Joyce who do the Tales from the Mouse House. Okay. They're awesome, and they just put out another episode, which is so cool. They also do the Lost uh, podcast too. An Amazing Race podcast. No, they too, don't, don't do they? the Amazing Race. They don't Race do that anymore. No, they don't do that anymore. Okay. But well, you're behind on Wayne time. Henderson has a oh lot my of gosh. podcasts, and he's got a new one called the Resurrection um, Podcast. Jen and Angela under the has, dome podcast um, too. Anomaly the podcast. anomaly podcast. Treks in sci-fi with Rico Dosti. Um, yeah, and Kenny. We have a friend. Kenny, Kenny has a whole bunch of podcasts. Come up to visit yeah. us before. Hey, and uh, our friend from Canada, Joe, who does the Upper Memory Block podcast about retro video games. I, I'm seeing a tendency here. I'm friends with of, a lot of a lot of geeky friends yeah. that we have because yeah. we're kind of geeky too. Yeah. If we okay. didn't mention your podcast. We're sorry, but we we yeah, do. Yeah, let us know if you if you're a listener and you have a podcast. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, let us yeah. know. And to let <coughs> us know, you can get a hold of us at Rick at takenwithyou.com or That's Amy my email. at takenwithyou.com. That's her email. You can get a hold of us at takenwithyou.com. The website. The website. You um, can stream us on Stitcher Live or Stitcher Radio Network. And you can also get a hold of us at our Facebook accounts, facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy, that's A-M-Y, 
Moyer. This is true. So we would love to hear from you. We always get uh, just a big smile on our face when we hear from oh, we do. our listeners. We do, we do, we do. And oh, and Sue, mm-hmm. Sue, I've got some special stuff coming for you. Yes, and we also have a special request that if you see our friend Randy's fireman statue, please take a picture, a selfie next is this, to it. Like, like you think just because she lives in New York, she's going to go find that? You know, Do you know how big New York is? That's like saying to us. <laughs> that's like saying to us. Go find, to the Olympics and, yeah. and find this certain rock. Can you take a picture? <laughs> would you take a picture of a rock on Mount Rainier for us? Yeah, maybe. But yeah. you never know. She might come across it. Oh, my gosh. So, um, anyway, or someone that lives, that lives in New York, if you see it, please take a picture of it. Um. But yeah, that would be awesome. But I'm yeah. sorry. I've never been to but New yeah. York. You've been to New York. I have. I never have. I've been to New Jersey and New York. Okay. I've been to Washington, D.C. So have I. And Pennsylvania. So have I. Baltimore, Maryland. So have I. But I've never been to New York. Yeah. I'm not into yoga. You have to be into yoga to go to no. New York? Sorry. Okay. Think of songs. I don't understand it. Getting lost in the rain. You're not into yoga. Oh. But you're into champagne. Okay. If you like. No, I'm not going there. We can't go there. I get in trouble for saying that one. You know, it's funny because a lot of the songs that we listen to when we were kids. If you like pina coladas, that's the. And getting caught in the rain, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of songs that that are sentimental to us because we heard them growing up, and then you start singing them, and you go, "What? What?" I don't Does go. It say I don't that? go. I don't go. What? What? I just don't say it. Yeah, I, I can't believe that that's what that this is a rated saying. G family yeah. podcast. Yeah, until we talk about sex, which we don't very often. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, you got to come back and listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you, and we'd love to hear from you. Hey, and by the way, we never really say this much, but if you would like to, you could help us out uh, by helping us get the web space and all the different things that we do to keep the podcast on the air. It doesn't cost very much. Um, and we, we have some really cool people that give every month, and we want to say thank you to you guys. Uh, but if you wanted to, you can make a donation on PayPal. It doesn't have to be a lot. Mm-hmm. And but if you get blessed by our program and you want to help us out, we would really appreciate the help. Yeah, because I'm always trying to get different things and do different cool things for the podcast and for uh, what we do. So ministry wise, and so. we still have a. I mentioned last week we're gonna have a, a podcast coming up with some friends of ours that oh, we've just already got told back. Them about that. But we're, we've we, been, we both have been too busy, so we we're working now. it out. Okay, we're going to end now. This has been a Moira Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2014. All I needed, all all I, all I needed was some dingle bells, dingle bells, dingle balls in the truck, and then I could have played music going boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we were already boom. a little riding <laughs> truck. <laughs> That's right. That would have been cool. Uh, and I could roll down the window and go, see, what's up? We What's needed, up? We need one of those lifters to make it go up and down. Yo, yo, I'm Rick. This is Amy. Yo. Yo. We are just so not cool. We don't even have a cool redneck truck. Enjoy, enjoy Nirvana, and we'll see you next week All on right. the Take It With You podcast. God bless everybody. Rock on. Oh my God.